Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get started with class. Uh, come on in and find a seat. Make sure you get a lesson sheet today in case we can't get the uh, video working. Because we'll need that for, uh, we're going old school. Let's see, I don't have any other announcements today. And since we don't have it on the screen, you won't be able to read, you have it memorized. I have it in the New King James. Our verse for today is 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. You're welcome to join in, but I'll read it to you. It's, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The promises of God for our lives. You can be victorious. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that means whether we're going through a, the mountaintop experiences of life or a valley, a difficulty, a struggle, emotionally, physically, spiritually. We go through those valleys at times. But let me just say, God is faithful. He will always be with you through them all. Job 14, Job's life. You know, if you ever want to uh, wonder, how is it like to go through a really difficult time when you read the book of Job? And, and it's always nice to have friends that come alongside you that, that uh, basically say, you're a sinner, get right with God, and everything will be fine. <laughs> That's not always the case. Mortals born of women, you said, are a few days in full of trouble. Yep, and it's true. We have these things. Why is that? Because human nature is that when everything is going great, we tend, and you be the witness of this, we tend to stop trusting God moment by moment when everything's going good because we don't need God. In fact, I was talking to someone a couple months ago, and I said, Brother, hey, you've not been, you've not been faithful. You're, you're struggling. You know, and he said, well, actually, uh, you know, um, uh, life is good right now. So I really uh, just, I, I don't need to say anything bad, but I really don't need God right now because everything's going good in my life. <laughs> and it was like the epitome of that statement. It's like, really? You, you want to declare that, you know, I'm, I'm good. I don't need God because everything's going great in my life. God isn't just someone that, that we have that gets us out of trouble. But you know what? If you follow through the Old Testament, that's what the children of Israel thought. When things were going good, we don't need God. We'll go after other gods. We'll go after gods that we make with our own hands. And yet then when, when trials and difficulties come and they went into captivity, they cried out again and said, God, rescue us. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to actually get you to think through this and talk through this a little bit this morning. Do we as humans have challenges to deal with today? Okay. What are some examples of challenges we have to face? You just automatically say, yes. Silence. Yes, Sandy. Much coming at you from you know all of the uh, 
Yeah. In other words, you actually have to live by faith. Amen. All right? That's the thing. Learning how to live by faith is, it, is learning how to live life when things are going difficult. Because that's what the faith is all about. That's why we trust and believe in God. How do you avoid challenges in life?
where we struggle. Now, I want you to think through this a little bit, okay? These challenges. I want you as a group around your tables, I want you to talk through this a little bit. What is it about these things that are, you know, that are, are our own choices, examples, choices of others, spiritual warfare, or of God, that sometimes we struggle with? The realities of them. Give examples together of what these things are, okay? And then how do we address them in our life? Go for it. Talk amongst each other a little bit. And if you're sitting by yourself, just, um, you know, have a dual personality. Trouble exists in our life of our own choices. Can, you, can someone give me an example from the Bible of challenges in a person's life because of their own choices? David. Somebody else? Eve. What? Samson, yeah. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Jonah. Jonah. Okay, they made a choice and they end up having challenges in their life because of the choice they made. What about the choices of others? Joseph. Who? Joseph. Joseph. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Saul. The, 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 the choices of people God ended up choosing to flood the earth because of sin, of man. Their choices, sure. Excellent. Yeah, Bob. Lot. Lot. You see, the, sometimes people end up having choices. Things happen to them because of the choices of others. What about spiritual warfare? Jesus. Jesus. Right? Well, he was in the wilderness. Tempted by Satan himself. What else? Peter. Peter. Yeah, spiritual warfare that existed with him. Daniel. Daniel. Absolutely. King Saul. Okay. What? Elijah. Yeah. Bob. Paul. You see, the, the, the spiritual warfare that can happen in our lives. Sometimes it's, you know, if we're not careful, we can think, well, this is just chance. Folks, there's nothing that happens just by chance. Okay? And sometimes it's God. Give me an example. Job. Absolutely. Yeah, Sandy. Oh, again, God does things and orchestrates certain things in our life for that reason. God has a plan for our lives and allows us to go through things at times. They, remember the question? Did this man sin or did his parents sin? No one did. No one. So that ultimately God can be glorified. In other words, a man was crippled. The scripture tells us, it's the Old Testament. Have I not made the blind and the lame? That God, in God's plan, in his perfect plan, our, our own disabilities at times can come from God. For a way to not only glorify him, but God uses all of that in our own lives. Because ultimately, when we are weak, then we can be strong. When trouble comes our way, call upon God. 
<laughs> That's easy. It's when life is going wrong, or, or, excuse me, when life is going good that we need to call upon God too. But when troubles come our way, we call upon God. Should we assume that trouble will come our way? Yes or no? <laughs> we just said that. Do you like it? No. <laughs> None of us like it. Because we prefer, if it was our choice, everything would be great. Everything would be perfect. But also, as I said at the beginning, God understands and knows the heart of humanity in which often we go astray when things are going well. What happens when we try to handle it, our troubles, in our own strength? We can fail. We can make it worse. We've missed out on God's blessing. Yeah, we miss out on God's blessing. How many times do we, you know, when things go wrong, we just automatically assume it's our responsibility to fix it as opposed to God. Letting God to be God in every situation. But sometimes we stop trusting and we just handle it ourselves. We try to fix it ourselves. Psalm 34, 17. Someone read that for me. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. How many troubles? Oh. Now think about that. He, he, he delivers them from all their troubles. Now the problem is, is that I'm not sure if we actually think through it. Young and old in here, do we believe that? I mean, we, we say we do. But do we believe that the, when we cry out, the Lord hears us and he delivers us from all of our troubles? Definition of trouble. And it also depends on the definition of delivers. What does he mean by delivering us? Delivering us from our troubles. Does that mean a life free of trouble? No. Exactly. He can give you peace even in the midst of, of trouble. He can give you hope. And ultimately, when the righteous are crying out, the Lord does hear. And ultimately, is this our home? Is this all there is, folks? Is this the epitome of life? No. And yet at times, we focus so much on pleasure now that we forget about what God has in store for every one of us. That our eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard what God has planned for us. Eternity is going to be amazing, but we can't trust in this. This is not it. This is not our home. We're just passing through, right? Joni Erickson said that after her accident, she went to all these faith healers, one after another for years, trying to get healed. And she never got healed. You know, God's will that, you know, she's not Sure. Uh, I, I was always intrigued. You've heard me talk about my dad every so often in here. And uh, I'll never forget, as a young boy, growing up, and growing in my spiritual walk, after I became a follower of Christ, I was having a conversation with my dad. And as you know, uh, well, most of you know, not everyone, obviously, because some of you are visiting today. My dad was electrocuted with the Ohio Edison Company and lost his arm and leg. He had an artificial leg. And um, 
uh, that was after three children were born, and then my brother was born four and a half years later. He was told he'd never have children again. Four and a half years, he had my brother. Four and a half years later, I came along and said, oops, and I was an extra blessing. And uh, later on, uh, we were having conversations, and he said, you know, Lou, I'm fully convinced, and I believe him, that I was going down the wrong path. And God allowed me to lose my arm and a leg, or I would have messed up my life. And I, I can see that. You know, I can see potentially where that would have led to. Uh, and what would have happened if my dad had lost an arm and a leg? Uh, what, what that could have done for our family, or if maybe I wouldn't have been born. You know, God allows things, and he called out, and he, he, God worked that through that in his life. And he was the, the epitome of the, the of, of not bipolar, you know, he wasn't bipolar, I don't believe. But I would watch my dad in a nursing home, serving with my mom. They would, he would, they would sing together, he'd preach. And I don't know if you ever remember the song, For Those Tears I Die. He would sing that song, and tears would be coming down his face. So broken over that song. He loved Jesus, even though he didn't know how to live it in his life. But he loved the Lord, and he wanted to do the right thing. And God heard him and used that trial and trouble in his life. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, And call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you will honor me. God is our refuge and stronghold in our time of trouble. Psalm 9, 9 and 10 says, The Lord is our refuge for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you for you, Lord have never forsaken those who seek you. But you see, these are conditional, though. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold. He's a place of rest. But we're, if we're going through difficulty, isolation from God is not where we need to be. Satan would want to go, see there? That's what you get for following Jesus. You're going through this because God has, has allowed this in your life. Why would you want to trust in him? Why would you want to believe in him? Look at this. He's not worthy to go to. And we, we can isolate ourselves. And we get ourselves alone. And we go, you know what? That's right. That church, that doesn't, they, don't, they didn't help me. And I was in this. And all of a sudden, we believe these lies. And we believe these things. And we isolate ourselves. And Satan just sits in the corner and goes... You're alone. I've got you. But praise the Lord when we can come together like this and, and share with one another, encourage one another to get under the, the wings of the Lord and, and find that stronghold in times of trouble. God will not forsake you. But we need to seek Him, not isolate ourselves from Him. God is our hiding place. Remember the book, The Hiding Place? You know, according to Boom, and that story just is a vivid example of the hiding place in that situation, obviously, from the death of the Nazi, Nazi regime. But here we have the reality of the troubles of our life. 
It's a psalm of David. God did not protect him from trouble. Psalm 32, 7. Uh, did God protect him from trouble? He says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Did God protect David from trouble? Give me an example. Sometimes he did. Sometimes he didn't. Give me an example of when God did not protect him from trouble. What? His son betrayed him. His son betrayed him. What else? Right before Bathsheba. Yeah. Did, but did God, in, in what way did God uh, protect him from trouble from that? He didn't take his life. Didn't take his life. So we have both sides of this issue. You, you think about it. When David, <laughs> he's watching sheep. He's watching sheep. And God puts him up as king. He's faithful. He's a young man. And God puts him up, but then you have Saul, right? He fights Goliath, wins the battle. Woohoo! And they put him up, and then Saul is Saul David's friend? At first. At first, why did Saul begin to, to uh, go after David? Jealousy. So David, David's faithful. He's just doing what God's called him to do. And all of a sudden, Saul's like, hey, they, they, they're cheering. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Reminds me of how even in the church, if we're not careful, people can be jealous and they can make it harm one another. If we're not careful. One of my best friends, in fact, was my best friend, went through a number of different scenarios in his life, and ultimately he went to West Virginia and became an associate pastor in the church. And the pastor, when he interviewed him, said, said uh, to him, "I am grooming you to be the pastor of this church. I'm getting old." I've done my, my duty here, and uh, I'm going to cause you to replace me one day, so I'm going to prepare you to do that. He was there a couple of years. The pastor decides to take a vacation. He preaches in the pulpit and replaces during that time, a couple Sundays in a row. He gets back. One of the deacons walked up to the pastor and said, Pastor, I just want you to know he did a phenomenal job. You are doing such a great job. Whenever you're ready to retire, you can be confident. He is the man. The next Wednesday, the pastor had a, had a church service and had all of the friends from the church come back. And on a Wednesday night, Gary was fired. They voted him out of the church because the pastor got jealous. He set him up to be the successor. But when it actually came down to rubber meets the road, mm -hmm. No one's taking this church from me. You're gone, buddy. And it happens even in the church. So that my point is, is that times, when times come, God can protect them from trouble, but sometimes he doesn't. He allows us to go through things for reasons. God is our ever-present help. See, we're not guaranteed to be out of trouble. You will be in trouble, right? You're going to be in trouble. 
are you going to be in trouble? The question will be, when you go through that, who do you turn to? Who do you rest in? Who is your present help? Psalm 46, 1 to 3. Someone read that for me. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Ever be around, I mean, imagine being around that kind of experience. But God is still our refuge and our strength, even in the midst of disaster that's around us. We don't have to fear our circumstances. Think about it now. Think about your life. Even this past year. Were there times during this past year that you feared your circumstances? You feared in the midst of your situation. It was, it was hard to trust in God. What I'm trying to focus our attention on is that God is our present help. God will be there. He's not taking away it, but he wants to give us the peace that passes all understanding. He doesn't take away our troubles, but helps us in the midst of them. Psalm 86 says, when I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. You answer me. Do we call on God in the midst of our struggles? Do we call on God when we're going through difficult times? You know, I... I think for me, there were times in my life, you've heard me share the quarter story and, you know, uh, how I prayed with my buddy for $2 and I thought, you know, the storm and I go to the ball field and baseball field and there's a stick in the ground and I pull up the stick in the ground after we prayed for $2 and there was a quarter roll with $2 worth of quarters in it and I, I joke and I say, you know, we didn't have to make change, you know, and this, there, there was, were defining moments in my life and I hope God gives you defining moments in your life when God says, trust in me, you know, and I, and I can still picture sitting there as a junior going into in my, you know, fourth semester of Greek class and it, you know, learning Greek and learning how to memorize the stuff and learning all the postures, you know, all, everything that you're going through and you're learning this kind of stuff and, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we've got an exam coming up on Monday and I have to travel that weekend because I travel most weekends for the university on an evangelistic team and sitting there praying and, and I'm literally, I'm broken. I'm sitting there where the Vine Center is now, you know, in a ravine under a tree, just weeping before God, just crying before God because I just, I couldn't handle the pressure. I knew I was going to travel. I wasn't going to be prepared. And I've shared this before, but for those of you who had you know, heard that, I, I, it was a defining moment for me because as I traveled that weekend and did the best job studying, and I can tell you to this day, I've asked colleagues and students, has he ever done this before? Never. Jim Ferguson stood up on Monday morning ready to give us the exam, and he said, I, I can't do this. God told me I cannot give this exam today. I'm postponing it to Wednesday. He never did it before. He's never did it, did it since, but he did it that day for me. 
He did it for me. God does things that will blow your mind. He'll do it for you in distress. It wasn't that I wasn't prepared. It wasn't because I was lazy. You know? Just busy with life and doing what I thought was the right thing to do. Maybe I could have quit. But I think God has used me these last 37 years in Christian service, you know? God comforts us during our trials. Our trials. What type of, of troubles or trials? What kind of trials? Trouble from trials have you had? Have you ever went through a trial in your life? Give me an example of a trial. Loss of job. That's a trial. Loss of a child. That's a trial. Yeah. Divorce. Divorce. It's a trial. Health. Health. The loss of health or the struggles with the trial with current health situations. You know, I think of Barb Bird often. She's in chronic pain. She deals with chronic pain. Dealing with all the things that she has to deal with. Can that wear on you? Chronic pain? Is that mentally and physically debilitating? Mentally, it just struggles when you have that. You know? It's, it's challenging. Why does God comfort us? First, let's read 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we receive, we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So why does God comfort us? What's at least one reason here that Paul gives? So we can comfort others. So that we can comfort others. Let me ask this question. When you try to comfort someone, and you haven't been what they've been through. How is that received? Depends. Not too good. Sometimes not too good. There are challenges that God allows you to go through. And you're the only one who can understand it. Chuck and Laura, you can minister to people in ways because of the loss of your son. But I can't. You could try. I could try. I could try to sympathize, but I can't empathize. I've not walked where you've walked. I'm going to add to that because we, we saw counselors, and when I step out to speak, I share more about this, but I'll keep it short. But we saw counselors, um, and they must afterwards, and we had one counselor from here to the death of their dog. And I'm an animal person. I love my fur babies, and I cried over all of it. They passed and gone over, but it's no comparison. He was so disrespectful. And then I had another Christian, and they were all Christian counselors. Highly thought of, but he was just like, you know, uh, I know, you know, what you, I know what you're going through because he just lost his dog. It just no, no comparison. But then another one who was just like, you know what? You just need to get over it. Praise the Lord that you can have it. And so, so yeah, just like. There's no empathy whatsoever. It's just they hadn't they hadn't walked it. They hadn't walked it. 
right? And, and there's and there's struggles with, with it. Sometimes what I what I often like to say is, you don't have to say anything. I, we call it the ministry of presence, because if you haven't been through what they've gone through, it's difficult to do that. But when you have gone through that, you can comfort people in ways that only you can. Because they can understand you've walked where they've walked. And they appreciate that. But you know what? The, the, one of the greatest concerns is, one of the things that they have to deal with is watching your life now. How are you dealing with it now? How are you getting through this? How are you surviving? And one of the greatest testimonies that you can have is when you have walked through that before and you're successfully struggling, but by faith, taking the next step and walking into the next day victoriously, that's a huge, incredible encouragement. I can survive. We can do this. It, we, we can't see the big picture, but we can take it moment by moment, day by day. And that's what the faith walk is all about. We'll pick this up. Next week, as it's already 12, so let's go to the Lord in prayer and pray for God's strength as we face each day. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, um, we started this class off with trouble. I mean, we couldn't even get the video to work, and it's okay. Thank you, Lord, that another way, a third way, was made available to us. God, but that's so minuscule to be those are had surgery, going into surgery, have COVID, struggling with COVID, struggling with the death of a loved one, struggling with the realities of, of life and the struggles of life that are, can be overwhelming. Sometimes we make mountains out of molehills compared to what other people are going through. I think of my brothers and sisters in Christ who are in Haiti right now who are prisoners. I think of my brothers and sisters of Christ in India, whose family members have been beheaded because they believe in Jesus. Some who are in prison, some who have been tortured. Literally all over this world, people are losing their lives because they believe in Jesus. And sometimes we complain about the weather. Maybe not having the kind of food that we want in our life group or whatever. Or not being able to have it. God, we are so um, spoiled at times. Forgive us for that. But God, in this classroom, this day, there are people in here with real needs. Lord, you know them better than any of us. You know exactly what they need. Would you meet that need? Would you shield them, protect them, bless them, heal them, cleanse them, comfort them? Meet needs, Lord, in ways that we can't. And help us where we can to do our part. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you all. Have a great week.